What's up, y'all? This is Ramel Watley, and welcome to Truck and Hustle, the podcast for trucking entrepreneurs. If you want to learn about the trucking industry from the business side of things, you're in the right place. Every week, I interview the people who are making it happen on a daily basis. I get them to share their successes, their failures, and sometimes even their secrets. The goal is to show you how you too can create financial freedom in the booming trucking industry. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. You can borrow right now at some of the lowest interest rates that we've ever seen in modern history. Being able to borrow at three and a half, four and a half, or at the high end, a five and a half percent interest rate is just unthinkable. I am a huge believer in using other people's money in order to be successful in your path. Mm. Turn my mic up. Take there. Yeah, yeah, uh. On the road to the riches, life takes a toll like bridges. Good friends become foes and snitches. Better watch who knows in your business. Right, Hustle Fam, Hustle Family, we are back with another amazing episode. And today we are live on location at Route Consultants with my man right here, Spencer Patton. Spencer <laughs> Patton. Hey, nice to meet you, sir. Nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Man, listen, you, you might be a little bit louder than me, man. I might have finally <laughs> met my mess. Look at that. Finally, somebody who speaks up. All my guests are usually like, nice to be here. Yeah. But hey, li- listen, man, first of all, I want to thank you for you know letting us come into your office, check out your, your operation, what you guys are doing here, I think is amazing. Really, really awesome. I'm so excited to learn more about uh, Route Consultants and what you guys are doing. So again, welcome to the show. Thank you. Well, we're going to cover some fun stuff. It's it's last mile. It's e-commerce. Mm, we yeah, have all yeah. kinds of fun things to be able to cover. Yes, yes. Last mile is booming. The Hustle family definitely loves last mile. So we're going to get into it. We're going to learn. We're going to educate. We're going to do all that. But first, in true truck and hustle fashion, we have to start out with the story. So tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Where are you from? You know, Let's talk about it, man. Let's get into it. All right. So born and raised in Nashville, Tennessee. Okay. One of the few. So if you know anything about Nashville, there is just everyone is coming in town as the place to live. So Nashville, I am not the contributor to the traffic problems. I am one of the original here and everybody else is the traffic problem contributor. I got my start in finance. I'm a nerd through and through. I started to uh, invest in the stock market when I was a really young kid. So there's a, a long story behind that. But I was the nerd in high school on the stock market club and you know going to college, all, all of that. I was uh, the finance guy. Okay. And so as I grew in finance, I really had a passion for small business. And I didn't necessarily want to start up a business as much as I wanted to purchase one that was cash flowing, that I wouldn't have to just roll the dice on startups. Because the end of the day, 90% of all startups fail. And right. so I wanted to find something that was already successful and had cash flow. So I started looking at every type of opportunity out there. I was looking at liquor stores and gravel delivery businesses, tutoring franchises. And I was on bizbysell.com, right? Like where 98% of the businesses are trash and <laughs> found uh, FedEx routes for sale. Okay. And I had no clue that FedEx ground routes were something that you could even buy. I just figured the person coming to your door wearing a FedEx uniform, driving a FedEx truck was a FedEx employee. Right. And so when I got into the space and really started to learn about it, I felt like that this was one of the best things that I could ever purchase that would cash flow right away, that had a really interesting tailwind with the growth of e-commerce. And 
So uh, the rest, they say, is history as I've grown to be the largest contractor to FedEx Ground in the United States and have formed other businesses around the FedEx operation to help support all of the other contractors that are trying to be successful. Okay, okay. There's about 5,600 contractors out there, and uh, we're just one of them, but we have a lot of businesses, Route Consultant being one of them, that helps support them with financing and truck purchasing and repair and maintenance and all sorts of stuff. Okay, cool. I like that. All right, so let, let's really get into get in deep. All right, so FedEx, FedEx routes, um, let, let's start from the beginning. Getting, you, you said you were a nerd, right? Finance mm-hmm. guy. But you're going to get into transportation now, right? Talk to me about that transition because you just find this business that's that's online. Like, how how did you make that adjustment from just finance to to, to running a transportation company? So, my background in in finance was the furthest thing away from transportation at all. I mean, I, I didn't know how to change my own oil before <laughs> I got into the transportation space. And and I tell that because a lot of people that are thinking about getting into logistics oftentimes feel intimidated that they haven't ever driven a truck, at least like a commercial truck. They don't know anything about repair and maintenance. They haven't managed employees before. And that's what's so interesting about the FedEx Ground model is that it's not a franchise, but in many ways it behaves like one, okay. where you have a set of procedures that you want to follow. And at the end of the day, we don't have any inventory. We don't have any products that we have to buy. We don't have any accounts receivable where we're worried about people paying us. FedEx Ground pays every single week, on time, every time. Right. And it's a, a really interesting model that I felt like was accessible for me as someone that was foreign to the transportation space. What I kind of brought to the table as the finance nerd was how to get bank financing, how to be able to structure deals creatively to where I could buy a bunch of these FedEx routes very quickly without having a ton of capital that I was deploying in each deal. Mm. Okay, so talk to me about the process. Because, I mean, you said you found it on, what was the website again? It was bizbuysell.com, which is like a... You know, a big old website where, honestly, there are, are tens of thousands of businesses and 98% of them are are absolutely, like, fraudulent, <laughs> not worth buying, really, you're, you have to kiss a lot of frogs. Right, right, right. But being there, you discover some business avenues that you're like, gosh, I've never even thought of owning a business like that. Right. So were there multiple routes for sale or was this just one route? So in in 2013, which is when I got started, April 27th of 2013, there were a handful of FedEx ground routes for sale. And and what what we really mean by routes is a route is one truck and one driver. That's what makes a route. Okay. So when you purchase routes, you can't purchase just one route. You generally purchase a minimum of five, but usually it's somewhere between 10 and 15. Okay. So you're getting 10 or 15 trucks, 10 or 15 employees, with a revenue that's somewhere between eight hundred thousand and one point five million. Okay. So when I purchased my first set of routes, it was in Springfield, Illinois, in Southern Illinois, and I saw other FedEx opportunities there. But back in 2013, there was no education about what these things were. Okay. What made a good route? What made a bad route? Do you want to have a high mileage territory or low mileage territory? What is an expensive price? What's a cheap price? Should I buy new trucks? Should I buy old trucks? I mean, I could go on and on and on. Yeah, yeah. and I want, I want to talk about all that That's too. That's right. Again, but again, continue, continue. <laughs> and and so the the idea for ultimately Route Consultant, which wasn't formed for five years after I became a contractor, was from my learning experience when I got started is that there was no one to be able to help. Right. And so Route Consultant provides 
almost all of our education for free. Okay. We don't charge for it. We have a ton of information, all the stuff that I wish was there when I was getting my start in the FedEx space. Got you. So you said you purchased a bundle of routes, right? How many routes was it exactly? Do you it remember? It was 10 routes. Yep. It was 10 routes, okay. 10 employees. So you purchased 10 routes, 10 employees, turnkey. How many pieces of equipment? Is 12, 12 trucks, uh, maybe half of which were mostly functional. Okay. <laughs> so that was an early learned lesson okay. of having to do inspections on trucks before you buy them. But yeah. So, so, so take me back to that first day, right? You, you, you buy these routes. You have no transportation or logistics experience, mm-hmm. right? Now you have 10 trucks. Have you ever had employees before? I had had employees, but not on this scale. Not on this scale. Yeah. Okay. So now you have 10 trucks, 10 routes. What was 10 trucks? How many routes? 10 routes, 10 routes mm-hmm. and 10 employees. Yeah. All right. Don't into the fire. First day, what happens? How, how do you even transition into the business? Or you said there was no education out there. Is there? Do you have a mentor? Who's guiding you? How do you know what to do? How do you know how to get started? So I was really fortunate in that the seller of this business, his name was Jim Weatherford. Jim agreed to do 90 days of owner transition support. Okay. So he was on site and did way more than what most sellers do in That's owner typical. transition support. That's right. Okay. Most owners would be like, yeah, I'll be there. And then once the <laughs> wire hits their account, they are anything but there. Right. And, and Jim was unbelievably kind to me and helping me learn the ropes because the business and, and the way that, that these are structured, you just have to learn a lot of it on your own. And there's not a lot of margin for error. Yeah. So the education process for me began about eight weeks before I took over the business. So I started spending time at the FedEx facility. Jim, the seller, spent time teaching me ahead of time. All right, guys, Truck and Hustle has now partnered with Transpo CFO, powered by Venning. Transpo CFO offers a streamlined monthly subscription for businesses to consolidate their accounting, payroll, and tax needs into one flat monthly rate, saving businesses a tremendous amount of time and money while making their financial operations much smoother for the long road ahead. Check out Transpo CFO in the description below and tell them Truck and Hustle sent you. Now, let's get back to the show. Those things are not all that common as far as things that are offered by sellers. So by the time I got to that first day, I had a decent understanding of what I was signing up for, but I still had so many things that if I could have gone back and told myself some things, I would have done a lot really differently. Mm-hmm. I would have done this FedEx business 100 out of 100 times. This is an amazing opportunity. Yeah. We get to own a business where we don't have to employ salespeople. Like I said, we have no inventory, no accounts receivable. We get really nice tax advantages because we get to depreciate the trucks. And these businesses are growing at 20 to 40% a year wow. because of what's going on in the e-commerce space. Wow. Now, why was Jim selling the route to begin with? So Jim was a serial entrepreneur and Jim had started with a much smaller business. And at that time, the business had grown a little bit larger than what he could effectively manage. It's what we see out of, I mentioned there's 5,600 FedEx contractors out there. The majority of them are great operators. They will get in there and they will work just as hard as anybody, but they're very poor business owners. Mm. Now, they're willing to learn. It's not that they're obstinate and just saying, well, you can't teach me anything, but there's no one there to teach them. So Jim was really struggling that he had a very out-of-date fleet. 
So the trucks that I inherited were not very quality <laughs> trucks, as I mentioned before. Right, right, right. But he was looking at a choice of saying, well, if I go and buy a whole brand, a whole bunch of brand new trucks, that's going to cost me six hundred dollars to $800,000 just in the trucks alone. That's going to be a lot of debt. And that was very scary for him. Yeah. Now, turns out buying those trucks would have been the smartest thing he could have possibly done for his business. Mm. But until somebody shows you the numbers and teaches you that... It just feels like six to $800,000 in debt, which nobody wants to sign up for. Right. How, how long did he actually run the business before he sold it? Jim had been in there for a while. So it had been, give or take, 10 or 15 years that he had owned and been in the FedEx space. Like I said, he was a serial entrepreneur, so he owned vending machine routes that had nothing to do with FedEx. And okay. He owned a, a vehicle branding company and a handful of different things that he was always dabbling in. But this FedEx side, his ultimate reason to sell is he was saying, either I've got to put six to $800,000 more into this business via mm-hmm. replacing all these trucks, mm-hmm. or I need to find somebody that is willing and able to. Got you. Now, because of that, because he was kind of like in a distressed situation, were you able to get a discount on the route? So he was intelligent in that he didn't wait until it was distressed. He just saw the handwriting on the wall that this was a capital expenditure, all of these trucks that was going to need to happen in the next 12 to 18 months. So me coming in, I recognized, and even still today, buying trucks, is that buying new trucks, you can get them 100% financed. So you don't have to put any capital down in order to be able to buy trucks for the most part. So it was just an opportunity that he was selling at the right time and knew that if he dug his heels in the ground, that the business would get distressed. It was not distressed. The employees were functional. There was a manager there. The territory was good. It was just that he recognized that the business was no longer trending in the direction that he wanted to. And so that really was what made the sale make sense. There are a number of contractors, though, that don't pull that ripcord in time. And they do wait until they get in distress. And you're exactly right. Valuations take a plummet at that point. Yeah, got you. So how, how, how how did he, let's stay there, how did he determine like what the market price was at that time? Like, was, is there any data analytics? How did he get that number to know what to sell it to you for? So he was one of the few contractors that actually used a FedEx route broker. Okay. Back in 2013, there weren't many brokers in the FedEx space. There were business brokers that you could go and find. And you know these business brokers will uh, do FedEx routes, but they also sell a bunch of other stuff. And so they don't have any clue about really what right. FedEx routes They're are They're just worth. general business brokers. They sell anything. That's right. right. So he was with a business broker that was decently knowledgeable and made a good estimate of what the business was worth. Turns out the business broker was more right than he was wrong about the business. I didn't really know any difference, nor did Jim know any difference, but it was just one of those things that it turned out to be a pretty fair price for both sides. Yeah. Rao Consultant now, one of the things that we solve for is we are the largest FedEx route broker in the entire ecosystem. So we have about $260 million worth of FedEx ground routes that we sell. And that vantage point allows us to be able to understand what these routes are worth. And depending upon the value of the fleet, the health of the business, the quality of the manager, that changes the valuation of businesses. And we can help teach people how to make their own determination of what the business is worth. Got you. So getting into the business, what was your first set of challenges? And what was the landscape like at that time You know, for FedEx? Can you talk about that a little bit? Absolutely. So FedEx is and was going through a transition 
where there, as I mentioned before, a lot of operators that are great operators, they, they have the willpower to be able to operate well, but they're not very business savvy. So FedEx Ground is growing so much that a lot of the contractors, they have grown far beyond what they ever had signed up for. Right. They were like, listen, I came here with one or two Just routes. throwing stuff at them. Yeah, and now they've got 15, 20, 25, and the business practices that worked for them at five or 10 employees no longer work for them at 20 or 25. Mm. The bookkeeping is really poor if it exists at all. The fleet strategy is one where people say, well, I'm just going to run this truck till the wheels fall off. And that's a really poor strategy. Right, you just can't sure. do that in this space, even though that's someone's inclination is to say, well, I'm just going to repair that truck and fix it and, and move on. So when I got started in the space, you know, I stuck out like a sore thumb, like you can't imagine. <laughs> I mean, you probably can't I, I, imagine. How old were you at this time? So in, in uh, 2013, so that would have me being 26 years old. Definitely sticking out like yeah. so it though. <laughs> and, you know, I was a hedge fund manager, right? A finance guy yeah. that uh, didn't know how to change his own oil, right? So right. I came into the transportation space with every other contractor that they lived, eat, and breathed this space. Right. They were driving routes themselves. And I came in as this finance guy that, by the way, I was remote. So I lived in Nashville, Tennessee. I bought these routes in Springfield, Illinois, which is five hours and 15 minutes away. Oh, wow. So I didn't even live in the city where I owned the business. Right. And so that's a whole other discussion there, too. Yeah. But the the vision that I had for the company was one where I was going to invest in the company. I brought in a lot of new trucks. I brought in some systems and policies and procedures to the business. Our employees were equipped in uniforms, and they were going to actually have what they needed to be successful. And that was what I spent a lot of the first six months of my business ownership doing, was getting a business in place rather than just kind of like a a break-fix mentality of, you know, this broke, fix it, this broke, fix it, is that we wanted to be a little more proactive rather than reactive in the business. Now, has that always been FedEx's business model to have the contractors or did they ever like own the routes themselves? How, how did Has that always been the way they've done it? It's always been the way they've done it. That's been the model since the very beginning. So FedEx used to be known as RPS, uh, Roadway Package Services or Solutions, um, and they evolved into FedEx Ground. It is entirely contractor model. Uh, UPS is exactly the opposite. So UPS is 100% unionized. All of the routes are owned and operated by UPS. So FedEx Ground doesn't sell these routes. FedEx Ground has never owned them. They have always relied upon the contractor model. And, you know, clearly I'm I'm biased, but I love that because the contractor model is full of entrepreneurs. We're 5,600 entrepreneurs across the United States that at the end of the day, we have to find a way to get the boxes delivered and do so <laughs> right. safely. Right. And and in unionized labor, you just don't have that level of creativity. Yeah. You just have a union contract, and it says, if it's in my contract, I'm going to do it. Right. If it's not in my unionized contract, I'm not going to do it. And so it really creates a lot of uh, flexibility in the FedEx world that other players in the space don't have. Yeah. How, how do they typically market these opportunities? So you said you found your opportunity on a website that was like, you know, kind of a weird, you know, janky website or whatever. Yeah. How do they usually market these opportunities to the public for people to buy? So every single zip code in the United States is owned by a contractor like me. 
Okay. So the way that this works is that you would own either a zip code or a series of zip codes that you are responsible for delivering all of the boxes to that zip code. So we're here recording in zip code 37027. So there's a contractor, and I know them, that owns this package delivery zip code. Okay. So as the network now, as a whole, there's not a single unaccounted for zip code. So FedEx Ground doesn't have like a territory that they're trying to convince somebody to deliver packages to. Right. It's owned by everybody. Right. So FedEx doesn't market these routes at all. Okay. Because they have nothing to sell. Gotcha. It's all 5,600 of our contractors that, you know, I have dozens and dozens of zip codes that I own. And so I may make the business decision to sell one or two or three of my zip codes. And I need a, I need a FedEx broker in order to help me understand what's that, what that's worth. Got you, got and you. And that's how the transactions are done. Okay. So what were some of the challenges that you faced getting in? You said you had to implement some systems and some different things. You got the employees in uniform and all that. That's not how things were when you first came on board. Like, What were some of your challenges, the biggest hurdles you had to face when you first started? This labor demographic is different than anything that I had experienced before. So the drivers that worked for me, if you make a mistake on their payroll... It's not that, oh, you know what, I get it, you know, a, a day got left off and it's not a big deal. We'll just make it up the next week. Right. It's you tried to steal from me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're and, knocking on your door. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, I'm not leaving this building with this truck until I get the money that I'm owed. Right. And I understand that mindset. It was a very different mindset than what I was used to because I was like, I, I'm not trying to steal from you. Like, <laughs> right. I'm literally not. I just made a mistake on the payroll. Right. Uh, but that was an adjustment for me. And this this demographic of, of labor is one that um, is not a career for most of these drivers. This is a very physical job. It's not unlike movers, right? Where yeah. that's some of the best money you can ever spend. When you hire movers and when you're moving from one place to another, <laughs> yeah, like, to go. that is why you work <laughs> is to be able to afford a mover because right. that's hard work. For sure. In the same way, these package delivery drivers, they're moving every single day. Now they're moving boxes, but a lot of times our demographic of labor, um, they don't have families. Uh, they are kind of 21 to 35-year-old, generally male, and they're kind of in transition in life. So we experience about 30 to 40% turnover a year, and mm. that's a material number. Yeah. So the idea of recruiting and keeping this labor group happy is a really important concept to wrap your head around. Yeah. And then the other side of it is fleet strategy. I had never maintained my own fleet I didn't know about oil change intervals and when do I change tires? And again, do I buy new trucks? Do I buy used trucks? Do I lease trucks? And I have tried all of them. I've screwed them all up in various <laughs> ways, which is what makes me a good consultant now. Right, right, you know, right, that's right, why right. I, I work with thousands of people that I can say, I've messed that one up and that one up and that one up. So let me tell you what actually is the one that works. Right. And just for the record, it's buying new trucks with zero miles on them and selling them between 150 and 200,000 miles. Uh, like if I could have just gone yeah. back and told myself that at <laughs> yeah, the start, yeah. I would have saved myself a lot of money and heartache. Got you. Got you. What are some of the major or, or the main KPIs, key performance indicators that you guys look at as contractors when you're running your business and your operation? So FedEx Ground holds us to two main standards. We are evaluated on safety and we're evaluated on service. 
So FedEx Ground has safety above all. That is their guiding principle. So at the end of the day, we as contractors are operating under FedEx's DOT number, their Department of Transportation number. We do not have our own DOT number. That's one contrast that you'll find for virtually every other transportation and trucking business out there is that you own your own DOT number. You're responsible for providing insurance for that. You're responsible for all the logistics and the paperwork that go with it. We don't have any of that. Wow. We actually have FedEx's DOT number on the side of our truck. And if you look closely at any FedEx truck on the driver's side door panel, you'll notice the name of the contractor that actually owns that territory. Right. So the next time that you see a FedEx truck on the road, and, and that's one of the curses of knowing me, is that you will forever see 10 times more FedEx trucks on the road right. than you've ever noticed before. Right, right, right. So it was learning about people and learning about trucks as key areas that I had to learn for the business. And now that's what I teach all day long is how to win in those two spaces. Got you. Okay. So at what point did you know it was time to start growing? You started with 10. What what did you acquire after the 10? And kind of tell me a little, about, a little bit about the growth. Yeah. So this is just hardwired into me, okay. right? Is that I only know one way to do things, which is at 110 miles an hour. That's just I like that. who I am. <laughs> so, and that's what's neat about this model. So I acquired my first set of FedEx routes, April 27th of 2013. And that was in Springfield, Illinois, while I lived in Nashville, Tennessee. I bought my second set of FedEx routes, September 14th of the same year. Okay. So about five months down the road, I bought in Nashville. Okay. 14 days later, I bought my third set of FedEx routes. <laughs> okay. Then I bought in January, in March. I did five acquisitions within 12 months in the FedEx space. Mm. Over the next five years of my ownership, I did an acquisition every three months for five consecutive years in the FedEx world. Wow. And that was just me meeting various FedEx contractors. Many of them had been doing this for 10 or 15 years, and they were tired. All right? they, had, they had had a business that was way bigger than anything that they had ever thought of having. And they were also staring in the face the reality that they were going to have to buy a bunch of trucks. And that was really the main thing that scared people is they said, man, my business has grown to where I've got either a high six-figure or a seven-figure business. I can sell this. I can retire. Or I can go take on six or $800,000 worth of truck debt and restart the cycle. Yeah. And so most of them just said, hey, it's been a great run. <laughs> I've made a lot of money. Let me sell to this young finance guy and I'll move on. Got you. So strategically, how do you approach that in terms of financing and so forth and so on? What's your strategy for building? So debt is a two-edged sword. I am a big believer in leverage and debt when it's done properly. You can borrow right now at some of the lowest interest rates that we've ever seen in modern history. Being able to borrow at three and a half, four and a half, or at the high end, a five and a half percent interest rate is just unthinkable. I mean, during the 80s, the interest rates were 18%. I mean, you imagine buying a house and you're paying 18% interest (laughs) on your mortgage. Right. So I am a huge believer in using other people's money in order to be successful in your path. Mm. So I borrow for trucks. I borrow to purchase the business. Now, the key thing is I don't want you to hear me say that I'm using debt recklessly because it absolutely can be a double-edged sword. Do 
Do I want credit card debt, debt at 28% interest? I absolutely don't. Right. I want smart debt, strategic debt. But at the end of the day, if I can borrow money from someone and I can pay you 4% interest rate, if I can't find something better than a 4% return to do with that money, then just go ahead and put me in the ground, right? <laughs> I mean, it's just like, that's just the end of Spencer Patton's time on the planet if yeah. I can't find a better return. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got you. I like that. What What are the main things that impact the price? Because you said you kind of went all over the, 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 the nation buying these routes, right? So talk to me about the way prices fluctuate and what are the things that impact price in the different regions? So knowledge is power. That's the first thing. Is What I mean by that is most sellers had no idea what their routes were worth. They had a loose concept from a rumor and uh, someone else that they heard potentially sold, but they didn't have any actual data to say whether something was fairly underpriced or overpriced. So Route Consultant has really worked to solve that, is that we've given a ton of transparency to the marketplace to say, here's what these routes actually sell for. But when I was going through and doing roll-ups, there was no Route Consultant. There was no one setting the standard for what these routes were worth. And so I was able to buy at really attractive prices because I had the capital to do so and I had the momentum of knowing what I was buying. Right. So I could go into someone's business that maybe they had out-of-date trucks, they had poor employees or not very much efficiency in the business, and I wasn't so much buying that business because I wanted to do everything that they were doing. I just wanted the right to deliver the boxes to the zip codes that they had. Right. And I knew that even if they weren't using the right trucks or the right people or the right strategy, I could push all that aside and put my own stuff in. Right. And so that's where I coach people that are entrepreneurs, whether it's in the transportation space with FedEx or not, educating yourself to where you understand that world and all of the pain points about it is one of the best ways that you can run a good business. Where people get in trouble is that they do a little bit of research in this particular pie slice, and then they go ahead and jump in, and they're like, wow, there were all sorts of things that I didn't know that I should have known if I could have done it again. Right. Does location matter at all? Like if you're in a place that's more highly populated or densely populated, do, do the routes go for more? How does that impact? Really good question. So the natural assumption that we'd all have, so I, I own the Magnificent Mile in downtown Chicago. So if you've been to downtown Chicago on the Magnificent Mile, that's where you know the Prada story, the Louis Vuitton, every nice store is down there, every nice residence down there. I also own rural Kentucky routes. Okay. So your natural instinct to say, well, which one is going to be more profitable? Yeah. Most everybody would say downtown, downtown Chicago. Downtown for sure. Yeah. And that's what they would think. <laughs> yeah. The truth is FedEx Ground does their contracts to make those two territories roughly equivalent in the profitability. And here's how. So like when I'm in downtown Chicago, and this is just me making up numbers, let's say that I get paid $2 for every delivery that I make. When I'm in rural Kentucky, just making up numbers, let's say that I get paid $6. So I get paid multiples more in a rural territory because my expenses are a lot more in a rural territory. I have a lot more fuel expense. My trucks are wearing out a lot quicker. I can't deliver as many boxes. When I'm downtown Chicago, my trucks get like three miles a day put on them. Mm. So I don't burn any fuel. I don't wear out any trucks. It's just 
two business models that you choose. Would I rather deal with downtown metro dynamics, which means traffic, which means concierge and door codes and gates and uh, all kinds of um, expensive labor? Or would I rather be in rural Kentucky where I'm going to be running from dogs that are trying to chase me? (laughs) I'm not going to deal with any traffic, but no one's going to have their mailbox numbered. It's just two different ways of doing it, but actually the profitability is the same. Got you, got you. Who's making those decisions in terms of price and how how often does price change? Like, is it a, a year contract or is it like every six months and then they revisit it? Like, how does that work in terms of what you're getting paid for your, your work? So FedEx Ground has an entire <laughs> engineering department that their entire role is to determine how much every individual contractor should be paid for delivering in their territory. And these engineers are super smart. They take into account all of the things that are expenses for our business. So if we're operating in rural Kentucky, they know what it takes to deliver in rural Kentucky. If we're operating in downtown Chicago, they know what it takes to deliver there. And so that's why you see the pay dynamics be different between those two markets. Right. So it's a dynamic that FedEx Ground sets the rates and those rates change and update anywhere from one to three years. And you actually get to choose what length of contract term you want. Okay. Some contractors want it to update every single year. Some of them deserve or appreciate the uh, kind of relative stability that comes with a three-year agreement. So those are the dynamics of how long they are. Is there ever any pushback from the contractors saying, hey, you know, you're not paying enough? Or how, how, is there, like, how does that work? Is there any like a, you know, people get together and they're like, hey, let's have a meeting about this? Like, I know because everybody's not going to always disagree. Like, yeah. yeah, pay us what you want. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and they wouldn't be human beings yeah. if they didn't get together yeah, and say, yeah, we're sure. not paid enough. You're not paid you know? enough. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Everybody wants more money. Um, here's the reality. There's 5,600 FedEx round contractors in the United States. They all run their own business. So there is no unionization. There's no collective bargaining. But contractors do work really hard to communicate to FedEx what the unique cost structures of their business is. And that's something that we at Route Consultant help FedEx contractors do is say, hey, have you thought about how quickly your tires wear out when you're going on gravel versus on pavement? And a lot of contractors are like, you know, I hadn't thought about that. Right. And so we can actually give some words and some numbers to help them build a business case to ask FedEx Ground for more money. Because if you just go to FedEx Ground and say, I want more money, FedEx Ground says, well, so does everybody else, you right. know, and get in line. But if you actually make a business case for why you deserve additional compensation, then you actually have footing to be able to have a discussion. Doesn't mean that you're definitely going to get more money, but it's the best path forward to be able to be paid extra. Yeah. Someone watching this this right now and they're saying, you know, I'm interested in this opportunity, right? What would you tell them in terms of preparatory, like what should their finances look like? What should they be, you know, thinking about? What, what are the questions they're going to be asked? Yeah. Kind of prepare them for what's going to, what's to come if they want to get into this space. So we have a <laughs> training program called FedEx 101, So it's on our website, routeconsultant.com. It's right under the resources button where there's a FedEx 101 course. It is entirely free. We don't charge a dollar for it. And it is about 40 hours worth of educational content. It's videos, articles, and interactive stuff that we do to teach people what this business is all about. It's all the stuff that I wish someone would have taught me when I was getting going. So that's the place to start. 
is to start learning what does a day in the life look like for a contractor in this business? Do I have to have any special experience? What do my finances need to look like to, to specifically address that? It's so one of the unique things about the space is that there are SBA loans that you can get to be able to purchase FedEx routes. Mm. So the Small Business Association views FedEx routes as a pre-qualified way of being able to deploy their funds. So the SBA is very familiar with the FedEx space. So they look and will take into consideration lower down payments than normal. Mm. Uh, they offer special waivers of fees for people that are veterans and a lot of different demographics that the SBA looks for okay. is trying to offer opportunity to. Now, this is not a business where you can just come in with no money and be successful. You've got to have working capital. Right. So what I tell people is that if you don't have about $75,000 of working capital in the business, which means the money that you have in your pocket on day one, you're undercapitalized for this business. And I'd say you need to get $75,000 before you really can be successful in this space. Gotcha. Now, can you raise $75,000 from family and friends or potentially through the debt that you get with the bank that you could get working capital? Absolutely. And that's something that we strategize with people to try to help them see, can they afford to be in this space or do they need to hit certain financial milestones before they're ready? Yeah. Is, it, is there anything that they look at your credit or your financial history, your past performance, you know, what you did in your previous ju- previous life? Is that something that comes into play? Or The banks certainly do. So anytime that you're applying for a loan, you're going to get all of the traditional questions that you would get from a bank. They're going to check your credit score. They're going to look at your credit history. They're going to look at your salary and your assets and all of those things. They're going to look at those items. FedEx Ground doesn't look at those. They don't run a credit check. They do run a background check on their on their contractors. But FedEx Ground is looking for your ability and interest in growing. Because FedEx Ground has had a lot of contractors that they're trying to drag their heels on growth, right? They've been doing this for 10 or 15 years, and they're saying, Woo, this is enough. This yeah. is enough packages to deliver. Yeah. And that doesn't work for FedEx Ground. FedEx Ground needs contractors that are here to grow, here to expand, and that's part of the interview that you actually have with FedEx. You'll have an in-person, face-to-face interview with FedEx before you're permitted to be a contractor. Okay. FedEx versus Amazon. What's the difference? <laughs> <laughs> so there's there's similarities and differences. Yep. So people really overblow the competitive nature between the two. It's not nearly as competitive as what people think it is. FedEx and Amazon target two different types of the package delivery world. So FedEx focuses on delivering what I call the big uglies, which are the the (laughs) sets of four tires, the mattresses, the trampolines, the lawn chairs, the 70-inch televisions. We do a lot of the big, heavy, bulky stuff. Amazon doesn't want any part in that. Amazon specializes in the shoebox size packages and smaller Amazon wants to deliver the stuff that they can store and stack neatly in their warehouse and be able to bring to customers. So Amazon is a business. You have an expectation that you are in Amazon's facility six days a week, is that you are there and you're very much the operator of your business. So you can buy Amazon routes. We help sell and purchase Amazon routes for people. But it is very operationally intensive that you are going to be there every day. The FedEx routes is a little different. So FedEx Ground does not expect you to be in the terminal five or six days a week. You can function more as a business owner, which is how I own routes across 10 different states. 
So I have operations all across the United States. I'm very much involved in the business, but I'm not there in the facility every single day. Mm. The Amazon side, you do not own your trucks. You actually sign leases with Amazon, and Amazon takes care of the fleet side. On the FedEx side, we own all of our trucks, yeah. and we're responsible for that repair and maintenance. What's the exit strategy when you have all those trucks then? It's, it requires some planning. So it's just like if you went and bought a brand new vehicle off of the lot of a dealership, you would not plan on selling that in the next four months, right? right? No one goes and buys a new vehicle and says, I'm going to sell this in three or four months. <laughs> right, like, you're right. going to lose a lot of money if you do that. Right. It's the same thing in the FedEx world is that when you buy new vehicles, you need to plan on being able to use them for two or three or four or five years. And then once the vehicle has been not exhausted, but once the vehicle has had some miles put on it, that's a good opportunity to consider, do I want to sell right now or do I want to go buy a bunch of new vehicles and restart the cycle? Remember, that's what I was talking about with Jim Weatherford, the seller yeah, for yeah. my very first business. Is he had that same choice. As he said, do I go buy a bunch of new vehicles or do I sell the business so that I don't have to go through another three or four or five year cycle. Yeah. And that's where he ultimately made his decision. Got you. You have a very large network of contractors, right? What what have you seen within your network in terms of growth? How fast are people growing within this business? How long does it usually take? Or is it something that you see people usually kind of like level out and coast for a little while? What, what do you see? This business is growing 20 to 40% per year. It's unbelievable what's happening in the e-commerce space. One of the stats that I, I enjoy telling people, so when you look at all of the U.S. retail sales, so everything that's purchased in the United States, 27% of everything purchased is done online. The other 73% is still purchased at a brick-and-mortar sales location, so at a mall, at a strip center. That, to me, is unbelievable. Yeah. Like When I think about my purchases if I had to guess at that statistic for my own purchases, I would say 80% is online and 20% is a brick and mortar sales experience for me. So what that means is that there's a generation that is you know, retiring, dying, right, moving on. That generation is being replaced by young people. And what do young people do? They shop online. Right. And that is going to increase e-commerce. So that 27% of our economy that we currently see being done online, it's going to be at 28, and then 30, and then 35, and then 40. Who, who knows where the top end number is? But we're seeing people buy cars online now, right? right? That's unthinkable 15 years ago, <laughs> yeah. right? Who buys a car online? Yeah. Buying shoes <clears throat> online. People are like, how would you ever buy shoes? You, you don't know how they fit. But now people are buying shoes online <laughs> because sure. they're free returns. Yeah. It's just amazing what's going on. So the growth of 20 to 40%, I expect to be here and to be sustained for the next decade worth of time. Wow. Was the best time to get in, is the best time to get in now or seven, eight years ago when you got in <laughs> for, for, for new contractors? Well, it, it is all a matter of where and what you're wanting out of this opportunity. So when I got in in 2013, it was the Wild West. I mean, there was no one teaching you best practices. There was no one to help coach you through it. I had to learn all that stuff the hard way. And again, it was mostly through me screwing it up. <laughs> That's where I learned it all. That's where most of us learn our stuff. Yeah. So now, 
getting in, there's still a long runway of growth ahead. So like if you think about it in baseball of nine innings in baseball, we're still in the second or third inning oh, wow. of e-commerce. Yeah. I mean, just true. looking at that 27%, like we're in the early innings of this baseball game. The nice thing about buying now is that you are getting an educational path to be able to help save a lot of the mistakes. Yeah. So is the price seven years ago a lot better, a lot lower than now? Of course it is, yeah. right? That's true. It's it's like saying, man, I wish I could have gone back and bought real estate in New York in the 1800s. I mean, right. It's like, sure. But the reality that we have today is that here's where it's at, and you can use the advantages of the education to be able to get a jump start in the business. Got you. Let's talk about Route Consultants. At what point uh, did you start Route Consultants and why? What was the catalyst for Route Consultants? What made you start it and how did you get started? So got started in 2016. And the way that I got started is there's, there's 660 FedEx terminals in the United States. So if you look at a map of the US, there's 660 terminals. As I would buy into a new terminal, right? I'd buy out some contractor. In most terminals, there's about 10 contractors in that terminal, 10 entrepreneurs. So I'd buy one of them, right? Their set of zip codes, and I'd be meeting the other contractors. Right. And I'd come in there for the first day, and they'd say, Spencer, two things. Number one, you shouldn't have bought that joker. You should have bought me, right? I'm much better of a sales price than what you just paid. Right. But in, in, in all seriousness, they'd say, number two, how do I get to sell my business like what that guy sold? Because they say, I'm not all that different from them in that I'm probably near the point in time of being able to sell. So... I heard this again and again and again. Every terminal that I'd go into, I'd meet all these contractors and they'd say, how are you doing what you do? How are you living in Nashville and running this business remotely? Like, how is that possible? And so I decided to start teaching people. And so Route Consultant was born out of that is I first started just teaching people for free. Right, 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 <laughs> just, right, right. You know, I'd, I'd get on the phone with them and I'd meet with them and I'd talk to them and I noticed a genuine appreciation in that I was making a difference in their business. That education developed a trust between us to where I was a contractor, they were a contractor. Yes, I was this finance nerd that they were like, I don't know if I can really trust this guy that I've seen on CNBC and Bloomberg. <laughs> and like, I don't know really what I think, yeah. but he's teaching me something and I can rely on that, right? Because I know he's not tricking me. Yeah. So then we started brokering deals where I said, you know what? Let me help you sell your business. And so our business grew from just helping a couple different contractors sell their business. As I mentioned now, we sell about $260 million worth of FedEx routes. Wow. To help put that into context, if you added the value of all the FedEx routes together, all of them together, they're worth about $15 billion. Okay, so that's the whole ecosystem, all 5,600. Every year of that $15 billion, about 500 million FedEx routes sell. That's how many dollars? So that's about 3.5% of the market. So 500 million sounds like a lot, but as of the whole ecosystem, it's not a ton. Right. So we do about 50% of all the sales. Wow. So 500 million sell, we're doing about 260 million, so we do about 50% of the market. Wow, wow. And you said you're the largest contractor in, in the U.S. And how, how many routes are you? So we're at 225 employees, 275 trucks on the road across 10 different states. And still actively seeking new routes? So I am 
at an, at an equilibrium where my business of 225 routes, we are growing 20 to 40% a year. So what I do in my strategy is I uh, kind of like thinking like when you're, when you're uh, shaping up a, a tree or something, it's like you're, you're cutting off the excess right. right, to keep the core tree. That's what I'm doing in my FedEx business is that I am cutting off the excess and I sell those pieces on an annual basis because I kind of want to stay at this 225 route number. My objective in life is like when I die, I don't want it to say on my tombstone, here lies the largest FedEx ground contractor that ever was, right? right. That is not my objective right, for right, that. Right, right. So I'm happy at 225. Could I grow larger? For sure. But I love having time to be able to do all this other stuff. So being able to do route consultant, be able to help people buy trucks and help people to get financing. I mean, all of these things that our services do, I wouldn't be able to do if I was just an ever-ballooning FedEx ground contractor. Yeah, and, and talk about that further. You said help people buy trucks. What else do you guys do? Because maybe, maybe people think you just offer the service of brokering. What else do you do? Yeah, so the education is always first and foremost. We are educators at heart. We do about 35 live events a year. Some of them are in person. Some of them are virtual. Some of them are for current contractors, and some of them are for prospective contractors, people thinking about getting in the space. So that is all a big part of our portfolio. We broker um, and help people buy and sell routes, but we also have a lot of other pieces, as you mentioned. So we have uh, a truck leasing program where people are deciding, rather than buy all these trucks, could I lease them? And that makes it an easier choice because people don't have to spend six or $800,000 on buying all these trucks. Is right. Instead, we have a leasing program that right. they're able to utilize. Um, we have a driver safety training school, so it helps people operate their vehicle safely. Um, we have 26 different brands under our umbrella. So okay. it would take me a while to go through the 26 <laughs> well, okay. of them, All right. but each of them are in different verticals in the space of saying we help on safety, we help on trucks, we help on repair and maintenance, we help on financing, we help on brokerage, I mean, on and on and on. That's that's the vision is that we're trying to provide a solution for whatever your pain point is in operating a FedEx or Amazon route. We believe that we have a solution for that pain point. Got you. What do you enjoy more, man? Route consultants are operating the uh, the FedEx business. <laughs> um, I love what I do and getting to teach people. I, I'm an educator at heart. So the operation side you are taking a cardboard box and delivering it from a warehouse to someone's door, <laughs> right. right? And that's a really important cardboard yeah, for box sure. for people. For sure. and so, uh, but at the end of the day, I love entrepreneurship and I really enjoy seeing people succeed and be able to take that leap of faith because when you're an entrepreneur, it's a whole different level of risk. You're walking away from a paycheck, right? A guaranteed paycheck or salary, that's out the window, yeah, right? Yeah. You're signing your own check in this space. And there are plenty of entrepreneurship ventures that that start off and fail. And so helping teach people, not just in the FedEx space, but just good business principles in general is something that I love to do. Got you. What do you think is the biggest misconception about working with FedEx? Biggest misconception in the space, people, a couple things. I'd say number one, no one knows about it. If you kind of walk away from this interview and you talk to 20 people 
and ask them, hey, did you know that the FedEx guy is not actually a FedEx employee, that you can buy those routes? <laughs> right. 99% of people have no clue that right. that exists. And, and that's uh, amazing. Like I said, once you learn this, you're now going to see 10 more FedEx trucks on the road like every day yeah. than what you ever notice. So yeah. it's just part of the education. So I think that's a misconception of, of, of the space. Um, I think the other thing, too, is that this business is set up on a track to allow you to succeed. FedEx Ground wants you to be profitable. They want you to succeed because we're, we are the whole network. Like FedEx Ground, they don't do any of their own package delivery. It sounds weird, but FedEx Ground is not a package delivery business. Mm. They own the facilities. They sort the packages, but we do the delivery. And so having a track to be able to succeed in learning about how you run efficiently. What technology should I have in my trucks? How do I recruit and hire people appropriately? All of it is not rocket science. Someone's just got to teach it to you. Right. Amongst your amongst your peer group, is everybody helpful to each other? Or is anybody kind of like on their own silos? How does the, the group of contractors work together? So you've got 5,600 contractors with 5,600 different personalities. <laughs> so as I mentioned, there's about 660 FedEx terminals. So inside each one of them, there's anywhere from 5 to 15 contractors there. Now, in some terminals that I'm in, the contractors work well together. They'll share drivers. They'll share trucks. They will help you when you're down. But then you've got other situations where a contractor seeing you vulnerable will slit your throat. <laughs> and that's no, no, no wow. exaggeration is that they will see the opportunity where you know, you're short drivers and you're short trucks and they decide that they're going to poach your drivers and that they're going to do things to make your life harder. So overall, it's a favorable environment, but there are some contractors that are uh, you know, out there for only their own purposes. Yeah. Man, listen, you, you've added so much value. I appreciate your time. Um, you know, on this show, we do one thing you have to do. We always give a final thought, right? Okay. And that thought could be whether it's financial, spiritual, whatever you want to kind of leave the audience with. And um, lastly, we want to let everybody know where they can connect with you directly, learn more about Route, route Consultants and yourself. So first, yeah. let's start, start with the final thought. Yeah. And then let's get into the, uh, the connection uh, points. So final thought, Spencer. Yeah. So what I think about when... I'm thinking about how do you educate yourself, how do you better yourself in your business path, is that there's a saying that I love that says you are the average of the five people that you spend the most time around. When you look at people that you put next to you in life, you become and adopt traits from those five people. And so if you want more out of your life, out of your career, out of your relationship, Look at the five people that you're spending the most time around. And if you need to upgrade your peer group, if you need to upgrade your business environment, start with those five. Doing so in exactly formats like this, this is how you learn. This is how you teach. And, you know, maybe you say, you know what, that's not the right thing for me and that's not the right thing for me. But did I learn something today? Right. Did I improve my peer group, even though we're not there in person, but right. we're teaching people? You better believe we did. And that helps people get to an ultimate goal of whether they're running a better business or having a better life, having a better relationship. That is one of the core principles that has served me really well. I love that. And where can people connect with you and learn more about uh, Route Consultant? 
So routeconsultant.com, that's the place to be able to interact with us. It's routeconsultant, singular, routeconsultant, uh, singular.com. We have all of our events there. We do a webinar every single week on Wednesdays. It's a live webinar that I do. It's totally free, and we answer any questions, come one, come all, for (laughs) anyone that has questions about the FedEx space. So we have a good time doing it. Lasts about an hour, and so you can check us out there. And it's a party, man. I've I've tuned in. It's very fun. (laughs) Definitely check Spencer out. Listen, man, this has been great. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Hustle fam, you know what we do around this time. If you smell something burning, it's only your desire. Myself, Spencer, we're out. If you twisted, confused, or stuck about trucks, don't be dumb. This is the place to come. Truck and hustle. Let's go!